Welcome to Who Killed Whitney, a podcast investigating the suspected murder of Whitney Houston. I'm George Coloris. And I'm Shakira DeMessier. This is episode one, The Day Whitney Houston Died. Okay, Shakira, so this podcast is dissecting the events around Whitney Houston's tragic death. The story is super dense, it's complex, it's dark, and you're here to help me talk through it and tell our listeners about it. Yeah, more so the voice of reason, because we all know how you can get George. (laughs) George is a super fan of Whitney Houston. Me? I like Whitney. Uh, I don't know her full, you know, history, her full backstory, but I probably know as much as the a common, a commoner who isn't such a fan, um, as much of a fan as George is. So I'm really here just to talk things through and try to make sense of some stuff. I appreciate that sounding board because I've been stuck on this conspiracy for a long time. You know, I'm a normal person (laughs) up until we get to this point. You know, I'm a small (laughs) business owner. My husband and I live in Atlanta. We have a little Basset Hound. I'm a comedy writer. I'm a podcaster. I've been a huge Winnie Houston fan since I Want to Dance with Somebody came out. And I became extra obsessed after The Bodyguard, like everybody. And just really got stuck on it. It was the first celebrity I was obsessed with. I read the unauthorized biographies. I (laughs) cried the day she died. And yeah, I believe 100% that Whitney Houston was murdered. And I look forward to arguing my case to you and and seeing if I can convince you and our listeners that I'm not out of my fucking mind. Mm. Yeah, that's going to take some heavy convincing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, I too cried when Whitney died because it was such, it came out of freaking nowhere. It was so unexpected. Yeah. And we're coming up on the 10 year anniversary. I cannot believe it's been 10 years. It feels like it happened the other day. I agree. I totally agree. But You know, a lot of people were like you. I was too. I made the same assumption. You know, I think that's the story here is that we knew that Whitney Houston had this past with addiction. She died very suddenly at a very young age. And we made the assumption that it was a drug related death. And I think it was sad and everybody kind of moved on with their life. But I have come across some questions and I think people stopped asking the important questions. And, you know, it's 10 years later and there's still things that happened the day Whitney Houston died that I can't explain and that don't make any sense and don't just add up to OD and drowning. Right. Yeah, it's really sad. You know, we often just sweep things under the rug. We go, hey, you know, she was on drugs. It must be drug related. Let's mm-hmm. do it. That's why I was so interested in doing this podcast, because I'm really interested to learn more, George, about your theories. All right. Well, also joining us in every episode is our producer, Kiana Kirkendall. Hey, Kiana. Hello, George. And Shakira. Hey. Hey, Shakira. Girl, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Call me out, rude. <laughs> right, rude. <laughs> Kiana, I would love to hear a bit where your head's at. I mean, you've been helping me do the research and put all this together. And you say so you've done this deep dive. So you've seen a lot of the stuff that we're about to tell Shakira. Mm-hmm. What was your relationship with Whitney going into this? I didn't really have one. And I have tried since you reached out to me to figure out any memories that I could have about her at all. And I have none. So I came into this very blind, 
very blind. But I'm at least convinced that there's foul play involved in this. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> well, that's really helpful that the person helped me research it is on board with the premise of the show. <laughs> yeah, right. Kion and I have done our homework, and we are trying to present a cohesive story with as close to as many primary sources as possible of what happened to Whitney on that day. So we'll be footnoting every episode with links and show notes, and Kiana will be fact-checking us on the way. Shakira, however, you're kind of coming into this totally blind. How are you feeling about this? Oh, man, there's some facts that I know that I think everybody knows because it was such a um, big deal. But as far as any research facts, I don't know all the details and I'm just as lost as the public is. So I'm really excited to learn some stuff. And as far as I know, Whitney was not murdered, but I can be swayed. So this is why you're awesome, Shakira, because I contacted you out of the blue and I was like, yo, I'm doing a true crime conspiracy podcast. I'm not going to give you any details. Are you in? And you were like immediately on board. Hell yeah. Yeah. First of all, true crime is my shit, isn't it? Like, that's my shit. So to take a story that I'm familiar with and to bring in new information, new facts, new players, I'm like, yes, I'm with this. Kiana, you were the same way, right? When I went to Kiana, it was early last year and I was real sheepish. And I'm like, hey, Kiana, um, I have an idea. Um, it's for a true crime podcast and it's a conspiracy. And I think someone killed Whitney Houston. Uh, would you help me put it together and research it? And she's like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, immediately. Because I am also a true crime junkie myself. You could have told me nothing <laughs> else and just been like, it's a true crime podcast. And that was it. And I've been like, great. When do we start? So Shakira, tell us, what do you know about Whitney Houston's death? Uh, I know that she died in February. I don't recall the year, but I remember it was February because um, I was in New York at the time and it was cold. And I was in my studio apartment in Manhattan and cuddled under my blanket. And then I heard that Whitney passed and I cried and I called my mom and she cried and we cried together. Which is odd, right? Because you're crying for someone you do not know. But we felt yeah, so I know, close but to you her. Know because, them. I feel you. Yeah. And and you've seen like the tragedies she's been through. You've seen what she's gone through. You know the key players in her life for the most part. So it was really, really sad. Um, so I know that. I know that allegedly, and I'll say allegedly, that she had a drowned in a tub. Um I know that that's it. I guess that's all I know, really. Yeah, that's pretty much the most people's understanding, the conventional wisdom, if you will. But what if I told you one of the things that you didn't mention is that there's possibly evidence that someone was in her room after Whitney died and that later that night, a self-proclaimed con artist showed up to the party with Whitney's tickets. Or what if I told you the night before Whitney died, she had a premonition? That's where this podcast comes along. I would believe all those things. I think it's very <laughs> rare that <laughs> celebrities are by themselves for a prolonged period of time. You know, I think they'll have a few hours to themselves. Um, they'll have, you know, some time to themselves. But I don't think that they have an extended period of time alone because they're in the public eye and they're always needed for something or someone's always checking in, um, especially Whitney, because we know of her um, addictions. So mm, show me the money, George. I'm ready. 
I think that's a big part of the story, actually, we'll be getting into is why was she alone? Uh, she was never alone. So it is weird. That she was alone in this moment. Before we dive in further, I want to back up and let you know how I came upon this conspiracy, because before 2018, I was a normal person, kind of <laughs> like you, but like a huge Whitney fan. George, why don't you tell us how huge of a fan you are? Just how huge of a fan are you, George? <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, a huge fan. You know, I've owned all her albums. I made my poor mother search all of Atlanta in the 90s until she found me a Whitney Houston poster to put on my wall. <laughs> my brother had a Cindy Crawford poster. I don't know why I ever had to come out to my parents. <laughs> so um, I made all my friends watch The Bodyguard on my 13th birthday. And I once humiliated myself in front of an entire theater audience for a T-shirt at the opening night of Waiting to Exhale. So I think those are... Oh, and, and Whitney is my wallpaper on my phone. I've got two things to say about what you've just said. One, mm. Whitney is an icon, right? She is an icon. More of an icon than Cindy Crawford. I agree. So... Yeah, I, I mean, I know you would. <laughs> but they wouldn't know. Like, they, I don't think your parents would know, you know. And, and she's hot. Like, Whitney's not only an icon, she's freaking, she's sexy. It's a sexy woman. So I don't think your parents would know. Like, that, that wasn't your coming out story, loving Whitney Houston. And enough, also, did you win that t-shirt? Oh, I won that t-shirt. But y'all, it was huge right? okay. i'm a big guy but it was like a nightshirt went down to my knees it was so big and so i wear it to bed like it was my nightshirt for a long period of time when my, my waiting to exhale t-shirt <laughs> shakir you kind of told your story of the day whitney houston died kiana do you remember that day at all no i have absolutely no recollection of that day couldn't tell you what happened is there any celebrity deaths that kind of stand out to you that you just distinctly remember exactly where you were when you heard them? Michael Jackson. Oh, me too. I remember Michael Jackson's death. Yeah. I remember Michael Jackson too. I think that's the one I remember the most because I was in college. I am telling my age. I was in college when Michael Jackson died. Okay. Now everybody knows. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was like the most wild experience because like he wasn't of the age to die. I didn't know. Or, I mean, is there a real age? He didn't die of like natural causes, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't old. old enough to think that we, that, you know, he was going to die. And I don't remember, you know, him having any drug addictions or anything like that. So it was just wild. It was just really wild. And what's even more wild now is to like hear of really young kids, kids who, were born after his death, still listening to his music and like are super fans of his and have mm -hmm. never, you know, well, I've never experienced him live either, but it's just, it's crazy. It's weird how much influence like our pop stars have over our culture. Oh, for sure. And will for generations, like there's some of these songs are not going away. I was at Epcot when Michael Jackson died and I watched everybody get the alerts on their phones. So you just saw groups of people. Everyone, oh, my God, Michael Jackson. Died. Oh my God. And I, I watched this organically happen in a huge crowd. I was like, I'm never going to see anything like that again. It was it was oddly remarkable. Yeah. It makes you wonder if like today's pop stars will be remembered that way. I know Beyonce for sure. 100 percent for sure will be. But. I don't know if like Ariana Grande or anybody else will be remembered. 
oh god i'm so sorry you guys are still living and so yeah. if you hear this podcast <laughs> really sad. Like, poor taylor swift i don't know if you'll be remembered so I remember very clearly the moment Whitney died. I had just pulled in my driveway and parked the car and I was picking up my phone and I looked at it and the CNN alert, like it felt like it came through at that precise moment. And I saw Whitney Houston has died and immediately wept. Like I didn't know that people immediately weep. I thought it takes a minute. Like, I didn't, like, you know, my grandmother died and I didn't immediately weep. So I immediately just sat there in my car and sobbed. And then to make it just like extra dramatic, I put on my playlist and played I Will Always Love You. So then I sat and listened to I Will Always Love You and cried some more and then came inside and was like, oh, Whitney Houston died. And people were like, okay. (laughs) Like, Like no one in my life gave a shit in that moment. And so I felt very foolish but i um so i appreciate i haven't talked to anybody else who's like yeah i cried in that moment george yeah you took it to another level for sure and i can understand (laughs) (laughs) but if i had spent that much if i invested as much time into whitney houston as you did absolutely i would be in the same boat i am so glad you're in the same boat and not like recommending therapy so <laughs> well, I don't know the extent. We'll see what, how you feel at the end that's of this right, podcast. That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll speak too soon. So much like everyone, I just assumed that Whitney had partied too hard and fallen asleep in her tub and not woke up and the world was worse because of it. And I lived with that presumption until 2018 when I saw the Kevin McDonald documentary Whitney. So I had just started a new comedy gig as a host for the podcast Funniest People I Know. And we were in the first month of the show and I was given the assignment of reviewing a summer movie. And they assumed I was going to go see like an Avengers or Jurassic Park 14 or something like that. But instead, I went and saw Whitney. And I thought this was going to be so funny. I'm going to come back and report on this movie that nobody cared about. And I go to the AMC with my friend Jenny. And it was one of those super bougie AMCs, you know, with like the lounging chairs and a bar so you can have a glass of wine. So Jenny and I got like Mm. real comfy watching this documentary of our favorite singer. And it's one of the things Jenny and I bond over. At one point, she and I are like holding hands and crying. It's like a whole thing. (laughs) So towards the end of the movie, they're interviewing this woman named Mary Jones, who's Whitney's longtime assistant. And they're talking to her about the day Whitney died. Now, you're going to want to remember Mary because she's very important and is going to come up in the story a lot. Okay. So in the documentary, Mary says that Whitney was like in great spirits the day she's died. She's in a great mood. She's singing. She's happy. She's quoting scripture. They're in LA at the Beverly Hilton for the annual Clive Davis pre Grammy party. And Whitney was just getting ready for the party and was about to take a bath and ask Mary to get some cupcakes for her. So now here's where the story gets weird. We know Mary leaves around 245 or so. She says she goes to get cupcakes. She says she's gone for less than 45 minutes. She comes back at 3.30 and finds all the lights in the room out. She had just been in that room. And she's like, why is this room dark? And she's like, what the hell's going on? And then she walks into the bedroom and the water is up to her ankles. The carpet is soaked. And she runs into the bathroom and finds Whitney floating face down in the tub. But the taps are off. Mm. I have so many questions, specifically about the cupcakes. <laughs> she went to go get the cupcakes at 2.45 and came back at 3.30. Is that what you said? 
That's approximately the time. She she leaves a little bit before three and she's back by three thirty. Okay. So essentially she took about forty, forty-five minutes to go get cupcakes. In you know, LA traffic. In that forty-five minutes, the whole hotel was flooded. I don't know about you and I don't know about y'all tub, but it takes my tub about thirty minutes for the tub to get just the tub to be completely full. But for a whole <laughs> hotel room to be filled with water in 45 minutes, I don't know about that. That's that's all I'm saying. Exactly. So, like, after this movie, Jenny and I are in the parking lot of the AMC and we're doing that, you know, post movie chit chat. And it's like, oh, I loved it. Oh, my God. I love that part. Mm-hmm. And then I just look at her and my mouth opens. I'm like, Jenny, who turned out the lights? Mm. Right. Because Whitney's not in the tub, gets up. Out of the tub, drips across the floor, turns off the lights, and comes back and gets into the tub and then drowns herself. That's mm-hmm. not what people do. So that's the beginning of this, is that question, who turned out those lights? Could it be that she turned off the lights, as one would do to get into the tub? You would turn off the lights. I like to light a candle. Turn on the water, do the things. Right? Isn't that a possibility that she had turned off the lights before she got into the tub. I'm with you. I thought that too. But Mary said she left Whitney in the tub, left the hotel, and then found it remarkable that the lights were out. So she had just been there. Um, But this is where Mm. these are the questions that came into my mind. It's like, wait, what is going on here? Why are these lights out? What's going on with this water? And so I took these questions back to funniest people I know when I reported on the movie. If the assistant, Mary, Mm -hmm. Mary left Whitney in the tub and she said she was in great spirits like she was. And I guess how how long had Mary been working for Whitney? That's a really good question. Kiana, do you remember how long Mary's worked for Whitney? Mary Jones is Whitney Houston's aunt. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Are you serious? Yep. Ooh, new info. That was her long time. She was Whitney's longtime assistant for decades, and that is also her aunt. Yep. Wow. Wow. I can't believe I'm still learning new stuff. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I took these questions back to funniest people I know, and now we kind of got sidetracked by the cupcakes. That seemed to be the detail that the co-hosts and listeners were most into. So Shakira, we actually even called Sprinkles Cupcakes to interrogate them about these cupcakes and find out what kind of cupcakes they sold Whitney and what information we could get from them and if the cupcakes in any way mattered to the story. So we had one of the co-hosts call Sprinkle Cupcakes and pretend to be throwing a party for his friend and said that his friend wanted to get the exact same cupcakes as her favorite celebrity, Whitney Houston. That's a strange premise. I can't believe the person there believed it. And then she just spilled the tea. She's like, well, I heard Whitney got the red velvet cupcakes. Those were her favorite. And that's when we uncovered that there's no baker client confidentiality. I see. I mean, geez, like just water through the mouth. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, what if Whitney didn't yeah. want people to know? But also, what if this woman was just a remarkable? Or I assume it's a woman at this bakery was a remarkable saleswoman, and the red velvet cupcakes were the most expensive cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> that might be what she was up to. She's like, I always just tell them red velvet. You might be on something there. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like. I don't know, the bullshit side of the story is following the cupcakes and we had some fun with it. But then this is where it gets weird because it turns out that the fucking cupcakes kind of matter because 
In every original report and early interview, Mary said she went to Neiman Marcus. She never mentioned the freaking cupcakes until the documentary. <gasps> what the fuck is that all about? Who lies about cupcakes? Mary! <laughs> you got some splaining to do. Mary! What do you mean? Who did she tell that she went to Neiman Marcus? The police, the investigators, it's in the coroner's report. It's in the early articles about the death. And even when Pat Houston sits down with Oprah, she tells Oprah that she went with Mary to Neiman Marcus. But then in 2018, Mary's going to a bakery. Wow. And I can't figure out why the fuck she's lying about it. So did she actually go to the bakery? I'm so confused. Did she go to the bakery to get the cupcakes? So she either went to Neiman Marcus and the bakery and then lied to everyone so it didn't look like she was gone as long. Or she made up the cupcakes, but then like... Why did the woman at the bakery lie to us? First of all, you can't trust anybody who works in a bakery for nine years. I don't trust you (laughs) if you don't own this bakery. Is that a rule of life? (laughs) You just been working here for the last decade? I don't get it. I don't get it. If you don't own the bakery, like, I don't believe you. That's number one. You can't trust anyone who works anywhere for 10 years and they don't own it. (laughs) (laughs) Fleecery. So maybe she never went to the bakery. If she went to the bakery, what did she do with the cupcakes when she got to Whitney's room? Where did they go? That's an excellent question. It's not in any report that they're in the room. If Mary's anything like me, she stress ate the fuck out of those cupcakes. She just shoved it like a hole in her mouth (laughs) and cried and just munched on the cupcakes. (laughs) Oh, gosh. But where's the box? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, what happened to the cupcakes? Or or if they didn't exist, why did Mary feel the need to send? Because Neiman Marcus is a perfectly acceptable place to have to go. She's a pop star. She might need it. I don't know. A, a new accessory or her, something for her outfit for the party. It wouldn't be weird to go to Neiman Marcus. Right. Neiman Marcus isn't an illegal place to shop at. A little overpriced. It is a little overpriced. I'm curious now to understand the distance because that would be the only reason why that story would change, right? Is the distance between the hotel and Neiman Marcus and the hotel and the cupcake shop. Because if the hotel and Neiman Marcus is 45 minutes out, it's going to take you 45 minutes to get to Neiman Marcus. You got to get the thing from Neiman Marcus, then you got to come back. And that's what? Two hours. Two and a half hours, but you got back in 45 minutes? That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. I can't go anywhere in L.A. in 45 minutes. No, probably not even the cupcake shop. So I don't know. The math is off. The math ain't mathin'. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, I'm kind of obsessed with the story, right? I make it this weird personal mission to figure it out. So being a podcast fan, I tried finding a show, assuming someone had done a show about this and there's nothing out there. So my goal with this show is to take you and our listeners along with me on this journey to unravel this wild story, because I think whoever turned out those taps and whoever turned out those lights knows exactly who killed Whitney. Wow. I'm so intrigued. First of all, nobody gonna come after me, right? Like if I say, "Ooh, I believe so and so did it," oh, we're gonna have to be real careful how we say that. And they're gonna be like, "Oh, bitch, we gonna kill Shakira." 
<laughs> I think, yeah, I'm not going to say that everyone who's touched this case is dead, but <laughs> everyone who's touched this case is dead. So, yeah, I hope nothing harmful befalls us. Okay, well, it was so great knowing you. Yeah, that was so great. This was, thank you for your time. Uh, my name is Angela uh, Bassett. <laughs> I could think That's of. That's the first name you thought of. That's the name I could think of. <laughs> Kara said, I'm Tina Turner. <laughs> Tina Turner. <laughs> I don't know why that came up. I'm sorry, Angela. I love you. She's actually one of my favorite people. Love her. Love her. Best part of Waiting to Exhale is Angela Bassett. That's right. right. When she lights that car on fire and then the cop comes to the door and That's he's like, right. you can't burn anything but trash. She goes, it is trash. And then just shuts the door in his Ooh. face. Love it. Love it. It's like so awesome. Yeah. That's it is everything. So what do you think, Shakira? Are you coming back in the next episode for more of the story? Absolutely. I'm so interested. I have so many questions just from the facts that you've presented. Like, is Mary still alive? Yes, Mary's still alive. And we would love for her to come on this show. Yeah, I'd love to chat with Mary. So, Mary, if you're listening. Yeah, Mary, come on the show. I have some questions, especially about them cupcakes. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Because I would hate if the cupcakes went to waste. Yes. So I'd rather they're bullshit cupcakes than cupcakes that went stale. Mm. Yeah, right. Because what an injustice. <laughs> <laughs> So in the next episode, we're going to talk about Whitney and her entourage taking L.A. in advance of the Grammys. And let me tell you, Shakira, she had a hell of a week. I'm excited. If you want to know what happened when Whitney got to Hollywood, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and get all the episodes. And we want you to be a part of the show. So tell us what you think online at Who Killed Whitney on all social channels. You can email us your thoughts and theories at tips at whokilledwhitney.com. Seriously, send us a note or just share what you think happened. Share this episode with a friend you think would like it the most. Might be a Whitney fan, might be a music fan. Doesn't matter, just share it. <laughs> who Killed Whitney is a Tucker Media production. Thank you to our producer, Kiana Kirkendall, and to Louis Aronovitz, who composed our theme song. Okay, so Kiana, you, you have no memories of Whitney. Um, yep. Did you know her music? Had you seen The Bodyguard? Is there, Was yes. there any connection before I contacted Or was me calling you and being like, hey, do you want to do a Whitney Houston podcast the first time you had or even thought of her name? Uh, if that were the case, take me out. <laughs> that, that's illegal. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I did grow up listening to Whitney Houston. My mom played Whitney Houston music all the time. And I did see The Bodyguard, which is a great movie. I love that movie. Okay, okay. So you had a connection. A little bit of one, yes. But I'm also the baby here, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll be picking on you for that a lot. And that's fine. I expect it. No, that's what that's what old people do. They make younger people feel bad about their youth so that their we don't youth. feel bad about how old we are. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> it's the way of the world. <laughs> You'll do it too when you get to be our age. Yeah. <laughs> Ripe old age of 40. <laughs> <laughs> over the fucking hill man <laughs> wait i don't want to use we and 40 because i don't think you are shakira so i'll no, back I'm off i'm not of that. i yeah. wasn't gonna say anything but i was like mm, <laughs> i'm not trying to age you i look 40 no, no, not not over 19 
Yeah. Thank you. Do you I'm wow. assuming you still get carded, Shakira. Um, I do. Yeah. yeah. See? Yeah. I, I have not gotten carded since I was like 14. I've always been fucking old man. You always have a beard. Grown <laughs> 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 man, full beard. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a Greek person. You get a beard before you get puberty. Oh, gosh. 